Hello and welcome to episode 31 of the Deeper Current podcast. I am your host, Hannah Ruth Dyson, founder of Soul Sea Gathering, a deep feminine and earth-based cultural research project and women change world, exploring what it means to work with the seasons, to work through change, to be in flow and take an idea all the way to completion and keep moving through those cycles. I am, um, yeah, once again, very happy to be sitting here with you today. I'm in a very soft and um, quiet introspective space. As you've heard me in the previous episodes, I've been, you know, up most nights um, for nearly a month, I mean, over a month now. Um, and just, I feel deeply humbled and deeply in surrender. Um, a true miracle took place a few days ago. I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I woke up and I just had to sit on my meditation cushion, light a candle and I just started to move and I started to make sounds and I started to, uh, chant and what was coming through. Uh, was just <laughs> this deep earth, like grandmother kind of voice. <laughs> and the miracle was that as soon as I started to allow whatever wanted to come through to come through me, my whole jaw softened and released. Like, I'm, my jaw is feeling more free. Um, than it has for over 15 years so I've yeah the last time I remember not having like built up tension in my jaws when I was 15 so yeah I've been with this for a long time and it's just truly a blessing and a gift to mm, finally feel um, like it's freeing like bit by bit the more I surrender to um, this channeling and this state I am just, yeah, experiencing so much healing and it's so beautiful. It's just, um, yeah, magic. And, you know, this is after a long time of trying everything to heal through every different modality and, and health and emotions and anything I could think of that would be connected to my jaw. I've done so much deep work, which is probably all helped as well but you know just this deep surrender to um I guess channeling like my gifts and what um is meant to come through and what I keep repeating is that like <sighs> I'm gonna cry <laughs> um it feels like for the first time in my life everything makes sense and it's such a strange thing to say because like logically nothing should make sense like what is this like suddenly being called to you know hold space for deep healing ceremony and circles um and the vision is so clear so like the guidance is so strong i know exactly how and when and who and and you know what it's going to look like everything is just being shown and revealed and i'm just again humbled and yeah it just on many levels makes sense i mean on the deepest soul level makes sense and then it's like clearly everything I've been working towards and just, yeah, so much, so much clarity. But then also in my mental mind, there is still, I mean, waves of resistance of like, no, I don't know if I need to do that. You know, like just 
the head getting in the way and yeah again as soon as I surrender I mean I I actually have no choice because my body is forcing me to surrender I'm still you know up in the night and again allowing whatever wants to come through to come through so I'm excited to also embark on this journey and what a gift and I'm just again so honored um yeah, to be on this journey. And thank you for being here, listening to me and sharing this journey with me. It's been really therapeutic to speak out loud and allow this journey to unfold um, in the open. I mean, it's kind of a weird thing to write about or to talk about like on Instagram or um, really anywhere else. But somehow this podcast, and I've just been having really deep connections with, and it's just becoming so clear, like, these soul sisters and people in my life who are here for this and who totally, you know, see me and are like, uh, I'm just kind of in awe as well around these visions and dreams and, you know, who I'm connecting with. It just feels very powerful and just beautiful. Like I'm treasuring all these connections that I I have and I, yeah, it's felt very personal and it's felt very intuitive, like who, you know, uh, to reach out to and to talk about this and to share because it feels, it's been a lot to take in as well for myself, you know, to integrate, to take um, all the way down to earth from just these deep visions and dreams. And, you know, it's very disorientating to dream so vividly and then, um, allow that to fully become, you know, grounded into reality. There's still a sense of like, no, that was, you know, the dream time <laughs> and now back to, you know, quote unquote reality. But um, yeah, I've again felt very intuitively like who to speak to about it and just to take my time with it as well and not um, sometimes if we rush to tell too many people right in our life, who might not necessarily get it and who may, you know, even, <laughs> I love, of course, my my partner, but he had like some strange like questions about it. Like, really? Like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> and like was also making fun of it, which is medicine. It's like beautiful to, you know, be with laughter and be with like the lightness of things, not to take anything too seriously. In fact, you know, some of the most enlightened, powerful healers and teachers I've met on my path have been very playful and childlike also they had that essence but when while you're still unsure yourself and you're feeling uh, a bit weird about this new stage of the journey a bit uncomfortable it's still you know taking its time um, to integrate it can be it can be very sensitive and so you want to protect that as well and so you don't want to allow too much outside influence to kind of um, distort and especially I feel like it's taken a month and a half to kind of get me into this deeply surrendered state to finally just listen and receive these visions and dreams and messages so not to allow again the thinking mind and you know again too much external uh, opinions and so on to influence because um, it, the clarity is here right now right and just nurturing that protecting that it's been very interesting as well during this time a lot of plans I had made um, all fell through and it just I think there's these moments when we're going through transformation and we're moving from you know the caterpillar to the butterfly stage and we're too fragile in our cocoon uh, to 
to kind of interact with people because we're still figuring out who we are in this new stage. And I, I don't know about you, but I feel like I've been on constant metamorphosis. And so it's become very normal. I think I shared this in the friendship episode, which I think is one of the most popular episodes. So it's like clearly a really strong theme for a lot of people, friendship. But yeah, it's this um, it's this kind of exp like exploration into ourselves where sometimes we're still very raw and sensitive that we're not meant to rush to be, you know, it's very easy to go fall back into habitual patterns with the people who, you know, they think they know us or they know us in, you know, a certain light or in a certain space. And then we are going through this transformation and it's very easy um, for us to slip back into that like dynamic that we're used to. Um, and so while we're still moving through that transformation, allowing a little bit of space to be in the cocoon as well is like really healthy. I think, you know, if you're working on any project or ideas or visions and you're starting to now, you know, in the South, we're in the summer. Now is the time in the Northern Hemisphere to start putting things into action, testing, experimenting, um, putting ourselves out there, you know, like asking others and, and just uh, also facing our emotions and um, a lot of creativity around this time. Um, but it can still be sensitive, right? It's a lot to kind of put something new out into the world or um, realize a new part of ourselves. Um, so again, always that reminder to take care and look after ourselves um, and our visions and ideas and just um, slowly take our time to test the waters with different people in our life as well and allow our intuition to guide, like who is the right person to tell. And uh, But where I was going with this, it's funny because I feel kind of safe to just share it with you here on this podcast, it feels in many ways very intimate. I'm able to explore in this kind of longer format rather than just one Instagram post or just um, a short little video. You know, it's like it's easier just to to share for exactly the walk I'm walking and where it's coming from. And um, again, while we're still figuring it out, we are sensitive to outside projections and and it can get distorted so easily. So, yeah, somehow, I mean, also just getting stronger and stronger in, in who we are is kind of the journey. And, okay, there's times to be in cocoon and to be sensitive and to, like, you know, build up on that strength. And then when we step out and we're, you know, on social media or we're just out in the world with our friends and family and um, anyone else we may meet, it's uh, having this strength of self, of thinking, you know, of knowing ourselves. It's like this deep knowing so that um, when we receive any sort of projections or feedback or criticism or questions or anything that comes from um, outside, we are able to respond rather than react and we can rest within the assurance of ourselves and knowing who we are on our journey and then um, knowing that we have the ability to respond allows us to um, not allow that fear of criticism um, or external projections to to cloud us or to distort us or to you know throw us off our path it's so much noise in today's society and I think it takes a lot of time 
or I mean, I don't want to say it takes a lot of time because it, it could be, you know, instantaneous really, but it can it can sometimes take a while to really release all of the shoulds in our life and the expectations to rest in the assuredness of who we are and what we're here for and trust in that. It's like so powerful and it's so needed because the shoulds and the expectations are so heavy and they cloud us and they block us and they just make us feel stuck and they make us perform and they just, uh, again, just take us away from our gifts. And the funny thing is, I <laughs> this... This is all coming from like delirious, like, you know, dream vision space. But I had this very clear message. I don't know if I shared this last week. I don't think so, because I think it happened this week. But um, I had this very clear message to to connect with my my home country, the country I grew up in, Wales, to its language, Welsh, and to just be in that deep learning of the Welsh language and it's just so beautiful this language it's like you know our indigenous language in Wales it goes I mean the roots go all the way back to Sanskrit it's so old and it has just a beautiful um, sound you know it, it requires you to move your mouth in a different way to kind of spit when you speak and um it has a different form of consciousness, right? When we use different forms of language, it changes. I've seen it, you know, with friends and I've also felt it with myself. When you shift into a different language, sometimes you become a different archetype of yourself. You become a different version. Uh, it's so interesting how language trans, like really influences our mind. And this is what's so important and so beautiful about, you know, many indigenous languages. I mean, if not all indigenous languages across the world, they have such um, power in their vibration, in their expression, in their meaning, in their relationship, in their context to place. It's like deep, 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 deep. It's not just this surface level communication tool. It's like powerful and deep and, and necessary, right, to have... Uh, we to survive here on earth we need you know biodiversity and we also need cultural diversity and i think it's the same with ling linguistics linguistics and language we need these different languages they are keys they offer different understandings like many people say that with sanskrit um you know often shared within the yoga tradition just it has a vibration that's why when you chant in sanskrit it like actually influences you with the sounds that you're making um, and it's actually very hard to get the sounds uh, you know actually sounding how they're meant to sound and it's very important you know if you're a student of that to kind of really get right with it because it has you know a really deep resonance um, and again it's so interesting I just suddenly felt this call to to learn Welsh and to connect with some folk tales and and possibly songs and, and, and just connect to the language and the meanings of the words. And I, I just felt myself going on this journey with this language from the land that I grew up in. And um, I have some roots of my ancestry there. Um, so it's like a deep ancestral knowledge, right? It's like a deep remembrance. And it, it we can't intellectually explain always what the meaning is of certain things you know I definitely grew up most of my life thinking it was like a waste of time like we always treated our Welsh lessons like they were a joke and I didn't really ever have a good teacher so <laughs> we always um 
or a teacher I resonated with. We, I just, it was always like a, a class that we had to take that we didn't, no one took really seriously. And it was interesting, like the, the, the last year I had to do it compulsory. We had this teacher and she was really, really not a pleasant woman. Like just someone you can tell is not really meant to be with um, children or young adults, just not like made for being really a teacher but uh she would just like you know kind of get hysterical and just lash out at us and she was just very um kind of could be abusive with her language and just uh yeah did not uh, like our class and so we all again we didn't take it also so seriously and we just we were just there kind of passing the time. But when it came to the final exams, it was such a weird moment for me because I had this feeling like I just didn't really know this language at all. And I hadn't really tried to or really learn it. But when we did the final exams, um, it's like it channeled through me back then. And it was very surreal because I did really well. And I remember her being so surprised. <laughs> And it, of course, it was a surprise to me as well. And I have this thing with language, um, which is, you know, as I've been learning Spanish, living in Costa Rica, um, it's just like it's nearly like if I get my head out of the way, I will pick it up really quickly. And it's like when I try to think about it too much or like force my head into the conditioned way of learning, you know, like I had a Spanish tutor who was like, making me do very much like the traditional like textbook writing out um, questions and answers and that kind of form of study and it would always kind of block me but if I just allowed myself to show up and speak or to connect to what was being said it's like there was like a knowing there and I would channel the answers and you know it reminds me also of piano because <laughs> I was a bad student in the sense that I just didn't really want to practice because I it felt like it took away from my free time going out and playing outside. Um, but again, I would show up like to my lessons and sometimes just channel and she'd be like, wow, you've practiced so much. And I was like laughing in the back of my mind, like I didn't actually practice at all. And I again, sometimes I would notice when I did practice, it would actually block me and not make me feel as um, able to just show up and play. So there's this strange uh, I'm still trying to make sense of it but there's this part of learning a language um, an instrument or whatever it is where um, we maybe have picked up more than we realize and again when our head gets in the way we overthink it we are blocked but sometimes if we get that mental mind out of the way we can really um, channel and flow and just, uh, you know, learn really quickly. It's like, um, interesting. I haven't looked that much into it. I'm sure, um, some people have looked into this and I studied this kind of phenomenon, but, um, just interested in it myself. And, um, while I, why I was bringing it up, bringing it up was because as this sort of <laughs> a guidance to connect back to Welsh, I felt my mind go, well, you really should still be focusing on Spanish. Like you've been letting it go for a little while. You haven't been um, really, you know, trying to go deeper and expand and get better at Spanish. Um, and then I laughed because it's like that, again, that should, right? And it's that external idea of like, this would be the right thing to do. You live in... <laughs> 
um, a Spanish-speaking country, but, you know, our area was cut off from the rest of colonized uh, Hispanic Costa Rica for a long time. It was for a long time, of course, the land of the Brewbury, the indigenous here. And they lived always up in the mountains, but they would often travel down to the ocean and maybe camp for a few days, fish, and then they would go back up to the mountain. Um, so it was really only settled first by, you know, real like people, um, resident, like making residence and um, setting up houses on the land by Afro-Caribbean um, people who came from Jamaica or elsewhere, but mainly Jamaica. And so they always spoke um, like Creole, which is like a mixture of English, Spanish, but English was always kind of the language. And so this place where I'm living now used to be called Old Harbor. And then when it finally became connected with the rest of Costa Rica, it was, you know, thick jungle. No roads were really connecting. And even people who've been here, you know, for 30 years, you know, they have all these stories still of when it was just, you know, you know, horses going in and out. And um, often you'd be cut off for weeks from, you know, the rest of uh, Costa Rica. So it kind of had its own thing going on. And so Spanish isn't, you can't even say Spanish is the is the language of this area, even though, of course, it's become the national language. Um, but again, it's just this funny perception, right, of like what is right or what is wrong. I mean, I would like to be able to speak it just because there's many people I love who that's their main language and I would love to be able to be more fluent with them. I understand quite a bit, but um, I find like as I was like contemplating all of this, I was like, the funny thing is, I feel like if I let it go, like I let go of that kind of, oh, you should really be learning Spanish, you know, that heaviness of that expectation on that should, I suddenly felt the freedom and I felt myself learning Spanish more quickly again. And it's like, it just uh, makes me think about all things in our life where we place the heaviness of shoulds and um, I really need to do this or I should really read this or I should, you know, all those things. When we free that up, that space, sometimes those things can happen really quick on their own and to trust our own journey to trust our own process like we are all moving in different time scales different journeys where our journey is not going to be comparable we can't look at each other and say oh that person is doing that that's what I should be doing you know who knows where like life is taking us and we may get faster to where you know we think we should be by letting go of those shows in fact I know that to be true from my own life so I wonder if that resonates with you wherever you are in the world and if that helps you at all just begin to free more and more that that heaviness I do know that's how we drop into flow more and more by just surrendering and also um, what I am starting to really contemplate and become aware of is this resistance or this need to look a certain way to fit within categories or to fit within uh, the expectations again of others you know the conditioning the programming we grew up with in life like I definitely still have a fear around being too out there or, you know, just expressing, you know, what I'm channeling right now 
which feels like a grandmother elder and just like this deep, I mean, it's powerful. Some of the songs and sounds that are coming through my body are deep, um, deep, deep, deep. And maybe, uh, you know, somewhere down the line, I'll share some of it with you here. But it's so, um, it's like, wow, um, powerful. <laughs> and also I'm always like, oh, is this too much? Like, you know. And I, it's become more and more normal for people to talk about channeling and to have these extrasensory gifts. And um, it's very much what I've been, you know, in apprenticeship with and studying and respecting of, like within indigenous cultures and um, of this earth-based sort of uh, knowledge and like awareness. And when we break free of the colonized, like understanding of rational and what is you know scientific and what is real um, and we actually come into deep surrender to experience and to listening and paying attention and allowing for experiences in our life we it more and more occur and um, again it's taken a long time for me to unravel this conditioning and programming of you know, wanting to be respected, wanting to be seen in a certain way, not wanting to be ridiculed, this fear, I guess, of being ridiculed from people I grew up with or people I went to university with or whatever it is. And in the end, you realize, God, it's heavy. <laughs> and oh my God, it takes energy even thinking about it or even being aware of how anyone else might perceive. It's like, wow, how can I just allow from myself to once again trust myself to know myself know that I'm coming from love know that I'm only channeling from beautiful beautiful places I can feel you know my whole body softening and just healing and just um in admiration of this of yeah these gifts coming you know being received um knowing it all comes around that place. So if anyone perceives anything, if anything else is projected, just trusting that that's anyone else's stuff and it's not mine. And just, again, knowing myself, it's being able to come into this really strong sense of self. So, you know, you can still receive criticism or feedback, which can humble you, which can make you look at yourself and be like, yeah, maybe this is something I should think about a little bit more. I definitely have, you know, a few friends in my life, like, um, and I'd really say they're few because it's like um, that kind of ability to have a close friend who can trigger you, who can call you out in a loving way or can just question you on something uh, and you'd rather them just agree with you you know on one level you'd rather them just be you know pleasing but when they have that um you have that trust with someone you know it's going to come from a pure place it's not going to come from a projected place it's not going to come from their own stuff and maybe sometimes it still will but we can just clear that out and we know the difference um yeah, really valuable, again, having that feedback and that criticism, uh, perhaps, or questioning that allows us to mature and to become wise and to um, keep growing and not stagnate, you know, not rest in any level of ego, but just allow ourselves to stay really true on this path. So that's, that's like, you know, the kind of valuable feedback in our lives, but then knowing also how to release the rest and not even allow it to enter into our sphere of self-reflection or you know um, insecurity or fear 
about what we're putting out because of course if you're gonna you know express any level of truth or any opinion or I don't know anything really real it's going to create um you know projection some people are not going to get it some people are going to perceive you in a certain way and some people might have um criticism or throw stuff at you that is actually more their own stuff than yours and it's somehow you know along this journey just getting stronger and stronger in our sense of self and being grateful for the people who did throw stuff at us and maybe made us question ourselves until we realized wait there this is not where I'm coming from this isn't real this isn't true um, and then we can step back and finally release it and forgive and you know allow it to to move on because we realize okay that was just them at that time and I mean, anything I was triggered by is still mine to look at, to kind of strengthen with. But, you know, over time, I think we develop this just deep, you know, trust and core. And that allows us to also just keep showing up. And we're needed. We're needed to show up. We're needed to be here. You all have a truth, a beautiful gift for the world. And like the more and more we can allow that to be expressed exactly how it wants to be expressed and not needing to worry because even the people we trigger, the people who might get angry, the people who may think we're wrong, you know, anything like that, we may be planting a seed that years down the line, they might suddenly wake up to and be like, oh, wow, I now get it. <laughs> thank you to that person for triggering me or like you know making me so furious because it was um a different opinion to mine I mean I so wish for that right now I mean there's so many opinions around the right thing to do during this you know unprecedented time and even between scientists and doctors there's different viewpoints there's different lenses there's different research there's different ideas and I wish for us all to develop a deeper level of compassion and openness to not get so ingrained in our choice in our viewpoint in our decision it's become so politicized how you respond to <laughs> this um, virus and it feels like we can't even have an intelligent conversation. We can't, um, it's become so politicized, for example, um, the example that I always use is 5G because the one I actually ended up looking into more and more. And it's just become like, no, this is an alt-right conspiracy theory and people who are just, you know, paranoid about any new technology and da-da-da-da-da. And of course, there probably is some of that. There probably is, but it didn't take me long to research to find like very highly credible scientists who've been warning against, you know, 3G and 4G and now 5G. It's like we don't understand the long term effects. There are, you know, real like causes for concern. And before we just roll this out across the world and we have no say in it, can we not have an intelligent conversation? But it's become again, so politicized and it becomes so like dogmatic and to the point where, you know, also information is getting um, 
taken down. It's getting censored because <laughs> it goes against the mainstream, you know, rhetoric. And that it's such a dangerous precedent because why can't we explore this? Why can't we discuss this? And the more you also censor and create like things that are banned, it also just feeds that energy more within conspiracy and paranoia. Because for example, like after hearing like there's this um, Cambridge, you know, university educated uh, professor who's in Columbia University, like couldn't get more legitimate in the world of, you know, what becomes legitimized and what doesn't. Um, has been signed in the alarm on 5G and has had hundreds, uh, hundreds of scientists sign the petition that there needs to be more research. Um, but it makes you totally freaked out when you're like, but you can't talk about that online because it gets censored. Like, what is going on? Of course, that feeds a conspiracy that um, there's another ulterior motive for rolling out 5G, which is probably related to profit and probably, you know, has a lot of corporate interests involved. Um, but it just makes us this weird world where we're like, again, can't have wise, intelligent conversations. And uh, it's just so confusing. I don't really want to weigh in on any medical response because I feel like every time I do, I'm like, okay, this isn't my expertise this isn't my place of focus this isn't really my place of research but I do like I do listen to someone like Zach Bush and I'll link his interview below and I just feel truth and I feel this wisdom I mean what I appreciate most about his outlook is this bigger picture trying to make us look at you know the long-term concern of potentially new viruses coming out unless we solve like this deep, 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 um, you know, pressure and stress on the environment. Like you can see where viruses are going to come out because there is so much stress in that area. So he links it to, you know, the amount of air pollution, the amount of Roundup being sprayed on the soil, just like the amount of hormones being pumped into the animals, like the conditions, of course, to animals and how they're being treated and then just forces these viruses that are, you know, also understanding through him that viruses also make us who we are they've also <laughs> you know be, been every step of the way part of our evolution as humans and they are they are like upgrades in our systems and um we have this whole weird relationship to like it's a fight it's a war against the virus it's the same as the war against cancer whereas you know unless we can until we come into a different relationship and understanding with something within our body, it becomes difficult to heal. And the, the problem with a war is that someone always loses. Um, and so coming into this deeper respect also of viruses and what they're here for and understanding and uh, not being in fear, right? I think this is the biggest issue and this is the biggest virus truly to be concerned about is fear and I felt myself going into it actually this morning when I kept like trying to think about like what is this podcast episode going to be about I kept hearing like deep healing river like we're on this deep healing river now of like I mean for me I've been in that kind of healing and depths for like I would say seven years I've just been in this 
you know, constant exploration and shadow work and waking up to just the most ugly things going on in the world and looking at my part in it and just, yeah, in this deep, deep, deep space. And it feels like a huge number of the population are being forced into that kind of for the first time. So this deep healing river is kind of what we're all part of now. And it's so easy to reject that deep healing and go back into the polarization, into the projection, into trying to call out others and make others wrong. And rather, or, you know, even just seeing like all the evil things going on and just making it all outward rather than taking the opportunity to go deep and go within and take this journey of like setting ourselves free because I've also heard people talk about I heard a friend recently say like I just feel I don't feel free I want to be able to fly you know if I want to fly like I want to and it just made me laugh because inside I felt like well you know I feel free (laughs) even with restrictions you know external restrictions I feel so free within and I keep feeling freer like actually this lockdown I think has made me you know feel even more free Um, which is again funny I think it's way more important the internal landscape than the external and I think they reflect my reality has been pretty beautiful during this time and I've heard a lot of people say that as well and they feel guilty about it but no there's so much beauty to slowing down to being in nature to being with our family to being at home doing less needing less like all those things it's so um powerful and it's so important to not like get lost in outside influences media fear noise you know distraction distraction there's so much at this time and we really can feed that in any way we wish and um I had it a little bit this morning because we have a lot more suddenly we have a lot more mosquitoes being born so they're all around and there's been an outbreak of dengue in our area which I'm far more concerned about than um you know the other virus I'm not going to say the name because ever since I heard um, the indigenous people here in this land don't want to say the name because they feel it's calling on that spirit. I feel such a deep resonance with that. I actually get like a bit of a, like when anyone says the name of the virus. But um, I, yeah, so there's more like concern around dengue. And, you know, most most people get dengue and it's just a very uncomfortable, um, painful experience for a week. You know, you have deep pain in all your joints and, you just become completely immobile and high fever potentially and just, you know, not a nice experience. People who've gone through it, they just, yeah, they're like, wow. Yeah, that was really intense and rough. Um, but I went into a bit of a a paranoid moment or a fear because there was so many mosquitoes. And I was just like, oh, like we so rarely have mosquitoes around, which is such a blessing for a hot country um like a hot humid country we just don't have often that many um but I just I just googled dengue in pregnancy and uh, it's pretty much a golden rule anything health related anything to do with pregnancy if you google it it's going to bring up a lot of intense information and fear and uh, it's just very easy to feel like overwhelmed but I googled it and it just it put me into this very intense paranoid state and I was like oh my god I do not 
like want to get dengue and then I was just getting bitten by all these mosquitoes which I also knew were not you can you can pretty easily see the dengue um mosquito is quite distinct from the the normal ones but um yeah I I still had this moment and it started to make me feel nauseous like I hadn't I haven't had any nausea in um my first trimester in both pregnancies so I'm super blessed because I know a lot of women have a really rough ride in their first trimester but it's in the second trimester that I've just had a few times where I've just felt something like very nauseous overwhelmed I just started to feel like the energy of a panic attack like not being able to breathe and that remembering that because just the deepest compassion for you know my past self that has experienced that and any of you who may um, experience that or you know have had that it's like terrifying and it's like one of those things again it's not rational like you know someone could just tell you to breathe and it doesn't really help you need really someone to breathe with you and to help kind of regulate and just um, I guess remind yourself also just to to breathe but take your time but when you're in that panicked state or you're in, your, in fear or in overwhelm it can just seem impossible to get out of it um but I started to just feel it creep in and I was like wow this is very intense and I think it's it's interesting also because it's it's kind of creeping into this area we've been so in our cocoon because no there were no cases here from this virus up until now and then you know someone is supposedly tested positive and again has no symptoms is is actually had to go to hospital for dengue um but yeah so it's created again suddenly this more i guess paranoia and fear in this area and people suddenly becoming a little bit more tense around like wearing a mask or how to um how to respond um so of course that's in the in our community I, that's can be felt and i was just thinking about fear a lot and how um really paralyzing it can be and and then i started to feel like well maybe this is the gift of this time as well people who are getting uh really forced to face their fears and their paranoia and um this stuff it can really help cleanse us it can really help release that it's like why I appreciate so much practices like sweat lodge or temescal. It's like, without a doubt, like each time my first reaction when I go in and it just the heat can feel so overwhelming. I'm like, I have to get out. Like I have to get out and escape. And this feeling of just like, no, like I am not staying in this. I don't have to, you know, this kind of feeling of like, no, no, I don't have to, I don't want to. Um, and then, you know, of course, time and time again, the moment I surrender to it, the moment I allow for myself to be in this intense heat and not know when I'm going to get out and just allow, I receive the most beautiful, you know, healing, release, uh, Every single time you come out, you just feel like newborn, like there's such ecstatic bliss and just ah, the heaviness being washed out of us. And so again, it's just fascinating, right, to like indigenous communities all around the world, they've understood 
like how to deal with fears, how to survive by having these rituals, having these practices, having these really strong rites of passages where you face your fears. You know, you go on a vision quest and you're made to sit on your own in the wild without any food or water and you're just um, facing everything that you have within, like everything gets reflected and you receive, again, so much freedom from actually doing that, from facing your fears, from really going there and allowing um, this surrender, which in our modern society where we've become so used to being comfortable, safe, quote unquote, um, protected, you know, we don't do anything that makes us like, you know, uncomfortable. Or It's just very easy to live within that little bubble. And we end up feeling deeply fulfilled, anxious, stressed. We have fears so deep, so unresolved. So that's Again, this wisdom, wisdom of having these practices, these traditions, these rites of passages, of us setting ourselves free. So excited to support that also in my own um, path and knowledge of like the way I've been able to set myself free. Um, I always return to my teacher, Lauren Cruden, who talks about not being of any tradition or path uh, other than nature. Um, and the earth, um, but being in deep respect and reverence of all. And I think that's like, I get chills when I think of that because I feel that's been my whole journey, right? To authentically connect to ritual and ceremony um, through women's circles. That's been my whole journey of like exploration, of like connecting with the drum, which can be found you know, across, you know, really all of our cultures across the world, the rattle, like ecstatic dance, like vision, dream, this is like found within roots within all of our cultures. All, all, all the times that we were indigenous upon the earth, we had these different rituals and tools. And it's beautiful when you look across the archaeological record and you see the amount of similarities. Like our theme for this next month's Soul Seed House is weaving the passion. So of course, looking at the weaving traditions around the world, it's like, I mean, I get chills because it's like, the similarities of the technologies that was developed and they're like I mean in like you know deep technology it's like powerful like um these tools that were developed and how again similar it's like wild and beautiful I had um this beautiful necklace gifted from a friend from Ukraine and it's a traditional like beading work from Ukraine and this beautiful like traditional symbolism and so on um, but I wear it and it looks like it could be Native American it, it looks like it could be um, you know indigenous from anywhere else around the world and so again it's fascinating this symbology this these crafts that really connect us in a deep deep way and that's been my whole journey of research exploration through soul seed house and i'm so excited for this theme because it feels so necessary at this time to also explore weaving different ways of being here together you know being in community weaving our viewpoints our opinions our our passions our gifts and so on and learning like how to work in collaborative co-creative ways um so i'm so excited for this theme it's already coming through in so many 
interesting, beautiful ways. I'm excited to also interview some community weavers, people that I really respect um, in the work that they're doing, Bring, bringing these different modalities together and just different uh, ways of seeing and, and marrying them. It's so um, beautiful what fabric we can, you know, create from our life experience and how to live like that, right? Like to live with this deep assurance in our own life's path and journey, trusting the experiences we've had and whatever is coming through us to be channeled and created into the world, like trusting that this is so unique to us because it's coming from from our life, our experience. So even if it sounds or looks like someone else's, trusting in this you know, unique creation. And I think often we begin a path of putting something out into the world and we can feel like suddenly you you start and you're like wow everyone's doing this now like how how did I not know about all these other projects doing something similar and then uh, also the deeper we go the more we'll find out actually no one is doing it like me or the way I want to see it or vision it um, and that's really cool the more and more we can rest in that we're not here to compete with anyone that's such an old outdated paradigm it's like uh, again distraction and noise it's preventing us from really connecting to our to our, the truth of who we are and what we can channel and again how to clean out those expectations those shoulds all that heaviness all that needing to look a certain way or to fit into a certain box or category and just allowing ourselves to be so uniquely ourselves to allow ourselves to express to channel to to create and I mean just acknowledging how vulnerable it is because the the closer and closer we get to just revealing exactly who we are out in the world in a kind of public way the more it feels tender to criticism because it feels like ah uh you're criticizing like me like the deepest parts of me but um that's also an illusion because the more we do just put ourselves out exactly as we are, the less actual, I mean, I think the less that we actually do, you know, may perhaps get criticized, but uh, even if we do, it just makes us feel stronger. You just get this strong sense of like, no, I know who I am. Like, that's not mine to take on or that's not, you know, that's just whatever outside noise. So, yeah, it's... Beautiful, beautiful to release all this weight, to to just set ourselves free and to surround ourselves by others who are also do, living like that, <laughs> exactly who they are, are not trying to perform or wear masks or compete or I don't know. There's all these this energy sometimes that can be so draining, um, can so distort our sense of self. And I really had to get away from my hometown and then uh, my home country and then you know my home continent <laughs> I had to keep traveling to just and moving to just feel different layers of releasing and you know just getting away and just coming back deeper into myself so I could just be rather than fit within sort of the lines within I'd like you know being conditioned or perceived or just how I fit in um, wherever I was and just yeah again shaking it all free to just come into my sense of self and and then the beautiful thing is again attracting those people that are meant to be for us who are here really um, and we can just 
be exactly who we are. Like, wow, it's just such a such a relief, right, to just not have to waste that energy of um, performing or worrying about our perception or, yeah. And again, like that, also trusting that is our true gifts then and that we are the most of service. We are the most of, um, you know, you know, contributing to this new world, this change that we wish to see in the world by being ourselves. It's so important. And that's really helped me along my journey get over myself, you know, my own ego, my own blocks or whatever. Say when I was teaching or speaking in front of a large crowd, it'd be like, get over yourself, Hannah. Like, this isn't about you. Show up for the people who are here. Deliver the message that you're here to deliver. Like, stop obsessing about, you know, am I going to do this right? Or am I, you know how do I look or whatever the insecurities or the perceptions are and it's like just allowing ourselves to show up for the people who are there and I think that's um the gift right of life being able to be able to do that more and more um and trusting again that that is enough we are enough exactly as we are because all of that trying and performing it comes from a deep insecurity of not being enough exactly as we are and trusting that Again, we may lose a lot of people. <laughs> we may lose friends, people that we perceived as friends. And I promise you, the more we allow that release and surrender and just trust, okay, if this person is no longer in my life, they're no longer in my life. Maybe they'll come back. I'll always hold space for them to come back and us to meet again, maybe in a new place, a new sense of self and a new relationship dynamic. But trusting our journey that we are here, like, growing deeper into our soul's path, our purpose, our journey. And um, yeah, just being exactly who we are in the world. Um, and it's just something to become aware of. So like noticing in our lives who we maybe dance around, who we perform a little around. And think of anyone in your life right now that you do that with or anyone that you have had like a fear of how they perceive you or um, yeah, any of that, like anyone you can think of and just become conscious of it and then start to question like what it would look like to not do that. And, you know, maybe take a little bit of space from that person and just, you know, come back when we feel really strong in being exactly who we are and not needing to shapeshift or transform ourselves to fit within that um, dynamic. It's it's beautiful. It's a powerful journey. Once again, I'm sending so much love to whoever you are in the world. I hope you are able to, you know, really meet with your fears right now and able to heal and enter into that deep healing river and feel held and supported by the earth, by the universe, by me, by this community, um, or by anyone that you have in your life, just allowing for that support, right? Because we're not meant to do things alone. We're not meant to be separate. We're not meant to be, you know, this highly individualistic person without who doesn't need anyone, who doesn't need anything. It's like, no, we're meant to be here in community and you know, ideally a community that uplifts us, that makes us into better versions of ourselves, that make us want to show up and 
keep going and we're inspired by also people around us um, knowing it is possible and again I hope that for you please as always reach out with any questions feedback I love hearing your journey and it just helps it maintain like a conversation feeling for me that I'm not just putting out and not um, hearing anything back of course share this with a friend share this with a loved one anyone you feel like might receive something from this podcast or any other previous episodes um it really helps it organically share and grow and you know just go where it needs to go and i just so trust in that journey and that process so thank you to those of you who've already been doing that it means so much of course i would love to see you in the soul seed house it's really our place to go deep with this research and allow you to begin uh, understanding more of your own ancestry your own becoming a scholar of your own history right your own lineage and also just being so expanded and inspired by all other cultures around the world it's so beautiful to be nourished by this learning that's so much more than what we've been shown in school and through media typically it's like soul it's soul work it's soul gathering right there's a reason this name for the project came through soul seed gathering um and of course if you haven't already there's the short course mapping on the women change world website that just allows some guidance into working with the seasons working with change if you have any idea or that you want to bring it out into the world or if you felt stuck or stagnant for a while it can really help you begin to um, perceive your journey differently and invite you into those subtle realms of understanding of working with change really intelligently and not feeling like it's just happening to you all the time it's like no I get to be part of this relationship and this dance and get to feel what it means to flow in life and just things to feel like it's you know moving along like magic it, it really does feel like that because um yeah we surrender and, and then suddenly things just start to fall into place we don't have to force or push or hustle overthink or you know strive for anything it just really uh, can arise and, and invite us out of our comfort zone also but that short course is really helpful, I think, to begin that journey or to deepen our awareness. So um, that is there for you always. And uh, yeah, anything else you'd like more of? I, I often get, I've had over the years so much request for connecting with ceremony and ritual in an authentic way. Um connecting with I guess visions and dreams and all those things that can feel very esoteric and out there and we're a little bit confused like how to do it in an authentic way within our own like whatever our background is or lineage or ancestry and so if that is you I'm starting to feel as I'm dropping back into this medicine work this deep healing space of holding ceremony that I I would also love to share more of my insights of these last seven years um, through different sort of mediums I'm, I'm interested to explore so if that feels cool to you then um, let me know and let me know what what exactly you would like to learn more of or receive and I'm ready to respond also and, and just show up for this community um, once again so grateful to each of you who are here listening and uh, with me every week it's 
such an honor. So once again, sending so much love to whoever you are in the world. Until next week. <laughs>